Welcome to this episode of the Down the Pub podcast. On this episode, I am joined by Suburban FC's uh, Ollie Hewish. Welcome to the show, Ollie. You've been on before, so uh, welcome back, I should say. Appreciate it. Happy to be back. Yeah, you're actually in a uh, professional disguise this time instead of like just talking about Tottenham. So uh, it's good to have you on. So um, can you just tell us like what you, like what your a little bit of your background when it comes to football, so people get to know you a little bit better and uh, what your role is at uh, as Suburban. Yeah, hundred percent. No, uh, much happy to be back on uh, this time. Not talking about Tottenham, especially in time, uh, <laughs> so that's okay. Yeah, no, uh, my uh, so my role with Suburban FC is the director of soccer for the club. Um, I've held the position of technical director previously, uh, but I'm now director of soccer and uh, the club operations. Um, I've been with the club for about two years now. Um, previously was with another local club in the region and I was uh, at St. FX University as the uh, associate head coach with the uh, men's and women's teams. So in a snippet and a snapshot, that's, uh, yeah, that's my footy background. Only other piece really locally, I, I work with the uh, the Wonders with the U23s and the U18s as well. Um, only recently just started doing that. It's been an unreal experience um, diving into that. Um, but yeah, that's the uh, that's a snapshot, really. So it's a pretty decent CV. So the the main the reason why we have you on the show, apart from you telling us your extensive background and how awesome you are, is that obviously we've uh, there, it was announced uh, in the past couple of weeks that there's going to be a maritime super series. So it's going to involve a couple of different teams from the maritimes, and um, yeah. So we just kind of want to tell us how the whole thing came about, first of all. And then maybe just let us know how the format works. Yeah, I know, hundred percent. It's uh, it's some exciting times with that. We're happy that the uh, the release finally came out, and we get to start spreading the word with it. Obviously, it's coming up in a few weeks, which I'll get to in a minute. Uh, um, but yeah, the real kind of whole thing started with just the the ambition, the dream from from kind of suburban, and suburban's a club that we're always aspiring to do what we can, achieve what we can achieve. Um, there and there is an aspiration and kind of a recognition in the gap between kind of the men's leagues in Nova Scotia and the CPL. Um, we know pl- a load of players fall in between the two of them. Um, obviously, everywhere else in the country where there's League One model, that's where everything falls between. We just don't have that, unfortunately, yeah, yet in Atlantic Canada. So we recognized a gap and started having some conversations. Well, League One Ontario is happening, League One BC. Um, we knew there was some, at the time, rumblings of League One Alberta coming. Obviously, it's an exhibition series for uh, the summertime. Um, and we said, well, let's not miss out and miss out this vital piece of our player pathway. Let's see what we can do. So after uh, months and months of discussions with different stakeholders in different provinces, different clubs, obviously some people back in Ontario as well that have obviously been through this as well. We uh, 
yeah, we just decided, well, that instead of chatting about it all these times and having all these Zooms and FaceTimes chatting about it, let's just make it happen. So we got the people in the room that we thought could make it happen. And we decided to create an exhibition series for this uh, summertime. Um, it wouldn't be called League One, like a League One one, because there was just more stuff to figure out. Um, but yeah, so we got the people in the room and created this exhibition series called Maritime Super Series. Um, it's it's Nova Scotia, PEI, New Brunswick. Um, a t- one team from each province. We're going to put the best players out we have possible, and we'll dive into that in a minute. Uh, both men's and women's sides, which is an extra excitement piece, um, which again is missing missing piece in both pathways in uh, Nova Scotia. And yeah, we're just looking forward to uh, proving that League One Atlantic can one hundred percent happen in in this region. And especially, you see the the growth of the game since the Wonders have been around since the World Cup qualification, since the women winning the Olympics, since the hosting of the women's in 2015. And this is for us the next step in uh, in building the game. So, Yeah, the, the Wonders have definitely kind of mentioned um, that there is that gap, you know, like the other teams, especially Ontario teams and now the teams in BC, that they have a pool to pick yeah. from, whereas uh, yeah. obviously we don't have that. So talking to to Dino Rossi and I know he was here recently so like what what was his thoughts on the feasibility of a Maritimes uh, League One yeah no it was uh, it was really good to have Dino in the room with us he came down I think it was end of March time he met with all the uh, the interested groups and uh, now the enthusiasm Dino had representing obviously League One and also just showing that they want to bring the league coast to coast they're not going to hide it like they've said they'd love to do it that's their goal um obviously for us right now we've just done the maritime so we're leaving out uh, newfoundland still we would love to have them involved just wasn't possible this uh this year for them but no dino brought honestly massive uh massive hope for us um the the plans they had the kind of ideas they were running by us they were giving us some insight into how league one ontario is happening in league one canada obviously the relationship with the cpl as well um so no dino uh dino helped us big time when he came down just with different ideas and different plans and uh yeah, no, it's uh, that meeting was definitely uh, definitely positive for everyone involved. So, awesome. Um, so you kind of mentioned uh, that you're like, and I saw in the press release that it's going to be the best players from the region. Um, obviously, yep. it's not just suburban here in in Halifax or in Nova Scotia, I should say. So, how is that going to work? Are you going to have you like teamed up with the other teams in Nova Scotia to release players? Like, how is this going to work out? Yeah, so for, for this summer we didn't we didn't make it like an open invite. We uh, we kept it as kind of as the suburban club. Um, in saying that, we do believe that we have a large majority of the top players in the region within our uh, our both senior programs. Anyway, um, it's something that obviously ideally, if we wanted to grab as many of the top ones from the region, like we would have loved to have all the clubs involved. It was more of a matter of just getting this off the ground straight off the summertime. Um, just had to happen. Had to get the right people in the right room and just make it happen. Obviously, in the future, we want to involve like the League One again. If the League One happens, or if the Maritime Super Series even in itself evolves, like we all want to bring in more teams to get more talent in. Um, obviously, with that conflict conflict of interest piece, where if a kid's at another local club, well, they're obviously not going to leave their one to come for us um, for this series. So it's uh, no, definitely, uh, definitely a different direction we went in, but it is just suburban ones. But we do, like I said, we believe we have uh, some of the best talent around, which is uh, yeah, why we're excited to showcase it. So. So um, is there any players that you can tell us who will be involved that uh, people here in Halifax and Nova Scotia might actually uh, might know? Yeah, I think uh, kind of the big piece on both the men's and the women's side is with this program, like it's that next piece in the pathway that players were either not finding in Nova Scotia or they were leaving from. 
um so i look at like i look on the men's side for example we have guys like luke green who last year luke went and played in uh, league one ontario for electric city luke's staying local um which is a great keeping a local suburban kid obviously he's suited up for the wonders in the past he's still in their u23 books which is great um some former wanderer players um we've got akeem garcia obviously probably a massive name that many uh, many of the listeners will know akeem's <laughs> going to be uh leading the line for us we've got Corey bent um also a massive name from the wanderer setup um so we're hoping Corey can recreate the uh the Montreal goal for us, just in a different <laughs> setting. Um, but we have guys like Charlie Waters involved. Obviously, Charlie was a uh, a U Sports standout drafted by Valor as well. Um, so Charlie works for us. He's one of our club coaches, so he's in the in the realm as well. Um, and on the girls' side as well, we've got some big names where we're happy we can keep them local instead of having to go League One Ontario. So, for example, Sid Kennedy. Um, Sid was the University of Florida standout in NCAA Div One. Um, so players like Sid, Maddie Harnish, who was with uh, Electric City last year as well, we were able to keep these players at home, um, even as much as the games. Like we love how the, we're getting the exhibition games in, but what we're kind of trying to do for the player side on the on the off the league side is that that training environment. So the big kind of issue that players find, and not even just in Nova Scotia, but across the country in the summer, is they go from a youth sports environment from September until May, where they're training four, five, six days a week. They're in the gym. And then the summer teams traditionally minus the league one has been kind of a beer league sense where it's one or two training sessions, 10, 11 PM at night. And everyone has a drink afterwards. Um, we really <laughs> wanted to change that environment for them. So our, our teams are all training four to five days a week. Um, so they're keeping that, that U sports environment or above if they've, they're coming from it. Um, so yeah, just as much as the games is adding value, we're creating that high performance environment. So they obviously a, they stay in Nova Scotia, um, and B, they just have something to uh, to stick with. So, so how how important was it to have that the the women's aspect of it? You know, um, you know, a lot of times, unfortunately, in in football, a, a lot of focuses mm-hmm. on the men. So, how important was it for you guys to make sure that you had the the women's uh, teams on board as well? For us as a club, it was massive. It was it was a non negotiable. Um, I think even from a club point of view, suburban in the last few years, like some of the, there's been dozens of players that have gone NCAA Div one um, to play for schools. There's been players that are like, we've got uh, my Archibald currently suiting up with the, the under 20 national team. Um, one of the other female player teams, Meg Jason, she was at U 20 camp last year. Um, so it's massive that we offer them that pathway piece as well. Um, the women's game in Canada is, is leading the men's game in my opinion. Um, they're the ones setting the tempo with the Olympics win, and even when the World Cup was here, we could see that with the the culture it was creating. Um, and obviously the new league with Diane Matheson and uh, Christine Sinclair link, uh, leading it. Like obviously that's to come in the next couple of years. So I think we have to do the groundwork at the grassroots level to keep the pathway going within the club, so that our female players can uh, can have these opportunities as well. Um, I think looking back. Even in the Nova Scotia level, there's been players that have had to leave Nova Scotia, even leave Canada to find professional opportunities. Um, and I think we need to fill that gap. And I think this league and obviously this series and hopefully with the league one to come, we'll uh, be able to give them a, a place to play. And what's been the the vibe with the with the players themselves? Like, as you said, like it's with Project A coming on board and stuff like that. Like, yeah. you know, there's a desperate need for professional women's soccer here in the um yeah in Canada so are the players really excited and are they happy to see that there's finally some sort of a pathway coming where they can stay in Canada yeah no definitely I think on both the men's and the women's side like when we first said we're going to do this there was skepticism like oh yeah okay is it really going to happen like I think these plans have happened before from other groups and other stakeholders Um, but I think as soon as it, it became official and 
we started opening the invites out, everyone really got excited. Like we are turning players away for this, right? Like we have two men's squads right now, the training, they've got 44 players. The girls had 22 and they had to turn down loads of them. Um, and they're all good U sports players or former, uh, former U sports players. And then, like I said, on the men's side, there's former pros as well, right? So I think between both groups, now they see this is real and there's something in their backyards where they've previously never had. They, uh, yeah, they're getting up for it, which is, uh, which is good. So it's awesome to see, like, uh, like the growth of the game. You know, like I've been here like eleven years, uh, like, and it's, it was obviously the women's team was always a big thing, but it's like uh, just to see all this stuff starting to come together, and obviously the the focus on the World Cup is probably. Uh, with the women's World Cup and now the men's World Cup has kind of helped bring Canada uh to the forefront. So it's amazing to see. So what what's um what, what's the format mm-hmm. going to be for uh for the series? Yep. So there's there's three weekend series, um, one in each province. So our one is May 26 to uh, May 26 to 28th. Yeah, in Halifax. So we're going to be hosting that at Weir Field out in uh, Sackville. It's our kind of like main club home field. So that's where that one's going to be um so the second series that one's going to be in june that one is in new brunswick in fredericton um and then the the july one i believe it's july 16th weekend that one's in pei um so there'll be three exhibition weekend series tournament weekend series and then whoever leads the table at the end of those will host the championships in i believe it's the first week of august so as soon as we have the uh, the fields booked we'll announce those dates um we're trying to pair it up with a couple other events going on um there's the canada youth cup which is a big um, youth tournament happening at Dal. Um, that's got some of the biggest teams in the country, BTB, Calgary Foothills. Um, I believe there's a Vaughan team coming down. Um, the, our, our boys that are national were uh, national contenders last year. So we're trying to pair it with a couple of events like that to make it uh, make a good day out of it. Um, but yeah, so that's the uh, that's how it's going to run this summertime. And then we'll see what uh, comes beyond that. So I, I'm guessing each team plays each other once yeah, sorry we yeah. Each yeah. Team, so, yeah each weekend you'll play each team will play two games you'll play each of the other provinces either the friday sunday or saturday sunday um that schedule is all online as well by the way if anyone is uh interested in finding out um so yeah play each team each weekend uh for those three weekends and then battle it out for the uh the championship at the end of it which we don't know what the trophy looks like yet it won't be uh <laughs> don't it will be a microwave plate of the cpl but uh we'll get something yeah, hopefully it's uh hopefully it's not a microwave play. I think they you yeah, guys should exactly. come up with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what what are you guys gonna do uh, in terms of like for like I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of interest uh, because especially with all of the players you mentioned that are gonna be available there to to see. So what are you gonna do in terms of uh for fans to go out and watch? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna release some more information the next uh, week. To all the info is on the website about like the location, the times, the schedules. Um, we want to make an event of it, right? Like as we talk about the culture of the game growing, um, we want to make it feel like just like the experiences for the Wanderers grounds. We want to make that feel like a real culture feel. So we want to pack the stands. We're gonna have barbecue going on, canteens going on. No beer tent confirmed yet, but we're working on it. <laughs> um, we're gonna bring all of our players out. We're trying to bring all the suburban players out to cheer it on um we're still in the discussion about the tickets whether we're going to do like a local donation to a food bank or for example if a kid's wearing their favorite kit or the suburban kit they come in for free um so we're just working those details out which will be out uh, by mid next week um but yeah just the plan for the the home games is pack the stands make it a real experience and just prove as it's been done in ontario and bc that this is a uh, this is something that this region needs so that's awesome so for, for the um the team for the is... Reds. Reds. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's 
do you think that this is going to be a good way for them to kind of uh, advertise themselves to try and get a franchise for the CPL in New Brunswick? I think so. I think at the end of the day, like obviously we're in a different situation from Fredericton and uh, PEI because we've got a, a CPL team in our back garden already. Um, but I think for them, even for other areas, like if Newfoundland expand into this in years to come, if Moncton, obviously they have the stadium already from the uh, the World Cup, I think there's opportunity for these places to now prove themselves. Um, whether it's this year, the teams in the series, or whether it's in the next couple of seasons with League One, um, I think this is an, this, there is no better opportunity to prove to Canada soccer proved to the CPL that you can you can make it run. Um, I think we've seen like obviously with the unfortunate like Edmonton situation, they probably didn't have this level to prove themselves. Obviously, they had teams in other leagues and other divisions, um, but I think this could be a fantastic opportunity for these teams to prove themselves. Um, yeah, I think it's. Uh, I wouldn't be lying if obviously we said we didn't have our eye on it as well. I think everyone one day wants a CPL team. Obviously, it's the same as. <laughs> Probably Halifax has wanted an NHL team for the last X amount of years, and CFL we hear about, right? We have the Wanderers, so we uh, we're happy. Um, but I'm sure for these other places, the uh, the footy mad people want to make it happen. So, so yeah, um, just speaking of the Wanderers, there, you know, like uh, obviously Patrice and Jordan coming from League One last year with yep. Vaughn. Have they? Uh, have yep. there's been, has there been much? Because obviously this is theoretically going to uh, help the Wanderers out an awful lot to have this league and they're back, back. So uh, what have the kind of wanderers been involved in, in with this? Yeah, no, the, uh, Pat and Jordan were both at the, uh, the discussions with Dino, which was great. Obviously they're alumni and you could say legends of league one Ontario, right? Um, yeah. um, it's helped them what got them this step to this point in their careers as well. So I think uh, they recognize the need for it in the region. Um, Pat and Jordan have been fantastic in relationships with us and with other clubs already. Um, even with the U23 program, like there was obviously a massive void with that, which the Wonders have built. And now obviously Jed's involved as well and running that side of things. Um, but I think with with Pat and Jordan, they recognize that void that's needed. And I think they know there's talent here. They've seen them. Like there's there's a dozen U23s that are around the Wonders even now training. Um, the likes and the guys that have been around previously, Luke Green, Scott Firth, um, Damian Dedecker, there's guys that have been in and around the system where I think if there's a home here with League One or w- with whatever Maritime Super Series it is, um, I think obviously for Pat and Jordan, it just gives them more of a local crop to pick from. And you, you want to sign them on CPL drafts, they'll know them locally, um, which obviously the Wanderers have said they want to do when it comes to the draft. Um, so I think obviously, like I said, Pat and Jordan have been unreal. They've been great with the relationships with us. Um, and at the end of the day, they know just as well as we do that this void needs to be filled, right? So that's awesome. Uh, it's great that the, the the Wanderers like are putting their because they, they have a bit of sway now because obviously they're a CPL team, and it, it's great yep. that they're actually like uh, helping out to to kind of get this thing promoted. So uh, I, I guess like the big question is, do you think you guys can win it? <laughs> I hope so. We uh, from a club thing, everything we go in was was with the ambition to win, right? I think. You have to. There's no. Uh, there's no point being in this industry if you don't want to win. Um, we're talking the adult level, obviously, not the kids' ones. Um, but yeah, if you don't want to win, to me, what's the point of it? And we put a, the team, which will will announce the team, I believe, May twenty twenty second around that timeline. Um, we're putting a team together to win. Um, like I said, those those names I listed already. We've got a handful of guys that are getting tipped up uh, fit. There've been a few of them are with the Wonders twenty threes training every day. We're training four days a week, um, so we'll get the uh, get the squad to put on show and hopefully win it all. So, and uh, are you are you coaching or who's going to be the the coach? Yeah, yeah there'll be uh, there'll be a uh, probably a six or seven coaching staff uh, released in the next few weeks, both on the men's and the women's side. 
Um, so yeah, there's a fantastic coaching staff on both sides. Everyone's eager. Everyone's had some relation with the club or been involved with the club previously. Um, so everyone's kind of coming from that same, uh, same kind of cloth when it comes to the ambition that we want and how we want to help build, not just the game locally, but beyond in the maritime. So it's, uh, yeah, a very good coaching staff that will uh, will announce those names as well in the coming weeks as well. So amazing! So it, it's it's really exciting that this is happening. You know, the the, the hunger for football here in in, in the Maritimes has definitely grown, and the fact that we might have another uh, system to to watch while the Wanderers aren't playing is kind of uh, exciting, and it kind of gives people outside of Halifax because uh, I'm sure there's going to be teams that aren't just based in Halifax uh, yep. a chance to uh, to to watch some football so uh, Ollie I, I'm, I'm super excited for it. I can't wait uh, hopefully uh, we'll find out with the tickets soon and they're not sold out before I get one um, <laughs> so we'll yeah on name on it. yeah don't worry <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks Emil man it's been awesome thanks for having me guys yeah Get out! Out to fuck!